The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to the show. We are here. We are set. The Employment Law Show. Skulls here along with Andrew Goldberg. Part of the Sanfiru Tamarkan LLP team, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. You can uh, double-check that and check it out. It is positively true. So have a look at your leisure. By the way, as you know, the phone lines are uh, already open, so we're set to go with your questions. Of course, it is a call-in show here tonight, as it is every Monday and Wednesday nights here. On Global News Radio, you are part of the show. You make it that much better. So your questions and comments, be part of the conversation. And uh, pick up a phone for here to answer uh, all of your questions. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any other time at your leisure, you want to go to a fantastic website that is chock full of employment law information. Free and anonymous. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Got a... Uh, Busy show tonight, uh, Andrew, so we'll get right to it, pal. Uh, the week that was, I know you want to do that first, and then we'll follow up with rights of older employees during COVID-19. It's a wicked topic. We'll get to that as well. Again, your phone calls and your questions, 416-870-6400. Take it away, brother. What do you got for me? Well, thanks, John. I mean, the big thing of the last couple of weeks, obviously, is Premier Ford's announcement that you know, the stay-at-home order, essentially, right? That people should yeah. be at home as often as possible, wherever necessary. And that includes workers, obviously, right? So it was interesting because before the order, an argument could be made that if your employer attempted to have you come into work, unless you had a legitimate reason not to, if you had a health concern or family care obligations, uh, you couldn't refuse that request. But with the new state of emergency and the new order from the government, it's, you know, the tables have turned. Now the default is you should be able to work from home and it'll be up to the employer to establish that it's absolutely necessary for you to come to work. And what we're seeing all over the place now are many, many companies. And, you know, one recent example um, I was reading about on uh, online was about Costco for, you know, for instance, as long as, well as many other companies um, that I've heard about just through, you know, working every day and speaking to various people, there's a lot of companies out there attempting to compel people to attend work, even though they can do their jobs from home. Right. So the question we're getting daily is, what do I do about this? What are my rights? And can I work from home? Do I have to go into work? What do I do? And what what recourse do I have? How do I act on this? So that's kind of the big, the big, big, big issue. And for those listeners out there that have this concern, and I'm sure there are many, you know, what they need to appreciate is if you can do your job from home uh, feasibly, then you should be able to do your job from home. And if your employer is forcing you to attend work, then a few things can happen. One, potentially you can bring a Ministry of Labor complaint and about an unsafe workplace because clearly the government has mandated that, you know, workplaces that have a plethora of employees that don't need to be there is now considered unsafe. And two, you might even be able to treat your employment as being terminated and pursue a severance package. So don't let your employer boss you around. I mean, obviously, it'll be fact dependent on the situation. But uh, if you have this concern at all, uh, you know, this is something we certainly can help with and we deal with all the time. 
Again, you want to reach out to Andrew in that regard. Any other uh, just employment law period, you can uh, you can do so. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Yeah, I'm hearing that from a few people saying, yeah, you know what? I understand you're supposed to be uh, working at home. We get that, but now you know in this particular workplace, we prefer that you come in. And I'm actually hearing that from people that their employers are, I guess, a little ignorant to the fact. I don't know how they could be at this point. It's broadcast everywhere. But they're <laughs> actually saying that, and they're dealing with that with some of these employers. So we implore them to uh, to give you guys a uh, give you guys a, a call whenever they uh, feels necessary. Do you have yeah. another one, or are we going right into the prep? I can't remember. Do you have two or one? Well, or do you have another well, matter? Well, I'm happy to just circle back with the point you just yeah, made, right? Sure. I mean, it's mind-boggling some of the things that you see sometimes, right? I mean, you would assume that employers number one, appreciate what everyone's going through right now, right? If people can do their jobs from home, what what is the point you're trying to make by having them come in? Sometimes I just don't get it. But I mean, you know, as an extreme example, uh, you know, there's a woman I was speaking to this week. She had worked from home for the last five, six months. And it wasn't until, and she was effectively doing her job. She Obviously, she was doing it for five, six months. It was going well. And then right after the emergency order, the stay-at-home order, her employer asked her to come into work. And I mean, it's just, you know, like, what, what do you even say about that? Like, what, what, what yeah. can you even say? I mean, what are you going to say as an employer? Oh, no, sorry, she can't possibly do her job at home, even though it's happening for the last five or six months. I mean, and, and this is just, you, you'd like to think that these types of things don't happen. And you know, there are very many good employers out there that appreciate what's going on. But at the same time, there's a fair bit of others that don't. And that's why we're here, essentially, to help in those situations. 416-870-6400, always the number to, uh, to call through. Andrew is here to answer your questions. We'll get to our uh, first call for tonight. Tim, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you, pal? How are you guys? Excellent. What's on your mind? Um, just wanted to know, a friend of mine works in a, a, a local uh, boutique shop, uh, ground level, uh, uh, like in a park, uh, in a mall, like a ground level, it's like a grocery store. And there's been a local outbreak of, uh, of COVID-19 around the area, and it's getting closer. It seems like it's growing everywhere in the province, getting closer and closer to all of the frontline workers, including uh, workers that are working uh, in uh, strip malls that are wide open to the public. Now, what what recourse does she have if she feels that she's not working in a safe environment anymore? Because the company that she's working for has gone from two to three employees now to six employees allowed. Or, or, sorry, two to three customers in the store to six customers allowed in the store. And the the pandemic is getting worse all around us, and uh, people are feeling the sense of stress and anxiety. Uh, what what recourse does the worker have? Well, that's that's a great question. And I mean, for starters, uh, if she felt it was an unplace, uh, sorry, an, an unsafe workplace, the, the, you know, an, an easy solution is to contact the Ministry of Labor, express your concerns that I work here and uh, this is my situation. There's these many people that are allowed in the store. This is the dimensions of the store. You know, everyone's two feet apart and, uh, you know, what have you, whatever the specific details are, we don't have to get through all of them on the call, but she could go ahead, call, let them know what's going on, and they can send someone down there, and they'll make an assessment uh, regarding the safety of the workplace and um, whether there's, you know, 
anything that can be done, whether there needs to be a, a limit on the number of people in the store. So like you said, they've gone from two or three to six. Maybe they'll instruct the store to go down to two or three. Uh, it's possible that they shut down the store entirely. And you, you never know. Really, it's going to be fact dependent, right? So um, th that's that's obviously the best option. And, and then one thing for your friend to know is that she's protected uh, what's called reprisal. So the company can't penalize her for going to the Ministry of Labor. If, if she does and the company says, why did you do that? We're firing you or we're putting you on a layoff or whatever. Um, that's a big, big, big no-no. And she's uh, protected by that under law as well. So she will be well protected. Safety will come first. The Ministry of Labor is cracking down on these things. So that would be obviously a great avenue to start. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate the call and uh, your time this evening. Have a have a safe one. You want to have a, a, a further conversation with Andrew or a member of the team? Here's how you do that: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca works as well. That would be the email address. Want to get into this, pal? And we're talking about rights of older employees during COVID nineteen. Aging workforce, baby baby boomers, although they're not retired, they will be there soon, but they're out there working. Some of them don't have no interest in retiring right now. I mean, if they're at work, right? I mean, we're looking post-COVID as well. But can an older employee be fired because of their age? And let me extend that. Can they even be not hired because of their age? Well, the answer to both of those is no, okay? And, you know, it, it's interesting now because obviously – Things people are living longer, number one, and than they than they have in the past. And number two, things are expensive. But, you know, it's hard even it's hard to retire at sixty five if you're gonna live twenty five, thirty more years, hopefully, for everyone out there. And um, you know, the price of things is astronomical these days, even straightforward things. You, you can't not everyone can afford to retire, they'll have to work. And an employee absolutely cannot be fired because of their age. And that's protected under the Ontario Human Rights Code. So it would be a form of discrimination to be fired because of your age. If you're getting older and your boss says, hey, you know, you're, we want some younger people in here or, or whatever kind of dumb comment uh, that's made in the workplace, uh, that surprisingly happens more often than you think. Um, that person would not only be entitled to severance, but they could be entitled to human rights damages. And with respect to your second point about being hired, uh, again, an employee, uh, a company cannot refuse to hire an employee because of their age, right? That situation's a little trickier because it, it's it's a bit easier for an employer to make up excuses that aren't relevant to the age. Usually employers are a bit smarter in that situation and they just say, oh, we, we didn't think this person was a good fit or a qualified right. candidate or something. And it's pretty hard, especially because the employee, like when an employee is getting fired, they're in the inside. They hear things every day. They're around their coworkers. They hear, you know, through the grapevine what's going on. They see things. But when you're going to an interview, it's a, it's a fresh thing. You don't know anyone. You have no relationship or context for the most part. So it's harder to make that out. But that being said, certainly you're protected in that situation. Um, and if you feel, if someone out there feels that they weren't hired, uh, because of their age, uh, they could have a human rights claim in that regard, too. Let's take our uh, first break for the night, pal. We'll give you a bit of a breather, and you have some time as well to pick up a phone, be part of the conversation, ask your questions, make your comments, bring them on, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is. It is the Employment Law Show. And uh, to contact Andrew and his team confidentially, email help at employmentlawyer.ca or call that number. I keep giving it out, one 855 821-5900. You also go to employmentlawyer.ca. There uh, you will get the advice you need, the compensation you deserve, and you also catch links to our long-running TV show as well. These guys, this firm, have helped thousands, tens of thousands of Canadians get their results and the compensation they need. So check it uh, check it out again. again employmentlawyer.ca. Rights of older employees during COVID-19. There you go. So... What can an employer do now? We'll put our employer hat on. What can they do if an older employee is becoming less productive? We'll put it that way. Well, if an, if an older employee is becoming less productive, I mean, the first thing an employer wants to do is canvas what's going on. I mean, to communicate the concern and be very objective about it. You know, if the employee was responsible for A, B, C, and D, and they're no longer doing one of their tasks or they're becoming much slower, uh, the employer can, you know, communicate to them, hey, you know, your job's always been this, uh, what's going on, or, you know, we expect uh, the same kind of productivity. Uh, and that's okay. I mean, it's only if that older employee comes back and says, you know, listen, I'm obviously a bit older now and I have these health issues and or whatever the case might be, and it's slowing me down. Um, that I'm becoming, you know, I'm a little bit slower with respect to my job at work. And at that point, the employer's in a bit of a, a constraint because they need to accommodate that person. They can't fire them if they know the productivity, the decline in productivity was caused to, due to their age or a disability or a medical issue or something like that. I mean, just because someone's older doesn't mean the fact that they're less productive is just due to the fact that they're older. I mean, they could simply make a conscious decision to stop working as hard. Maybe they're kind of checked out. So in and of itself, being an older employee and less productive is not necessarily an issue. It really comes down to what information is the employer aware of? Are they aware it has to do with their age or a health issue or something like that? At which point that could trigger obligations from the employer. Again, 416-870-6400, the number to call in this evening. We'd love to get you on. Samantha, thank you for uh, for hanging on for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just wondering, as an employer, there isn't a grant, like a grant as a small business that you can hire somebody under the age of 30 who's a recent graduate. But as an employer, to respect those discrimination laws and not and make sure you're not discriminating someone based on your age, how do you go about hiring somebody to follow that criteria without discriminating? I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, you have to be very careful, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend saying in the application, you know, what is your age, right? I mean, that's not going to go over well more often than not. But, you know, maybe a possible uh, solution could be um, to, you know, have a workaround, maybe send a link for the grant and ask ask people whether or not they feel that they could qualify for this grant and send the, send the grant. And, you know, they could check it off that way if the information is located in there. But it's not necessarily a situation where you can just go willy-nilly and say, you know, how old are you on the application? I think that would be very troubling. There's probably a bit of a more nuanced way to approach that. And 
if you if you were interested in kind of brainstorming solutions as a workaround, because again, you're not trying to find out how old all the employees are that are applying for the job. You just simply want to know, do they qualify for that one grant? But whether someone's 40 or 50 or 60, that's not going to be relevant to you. Whether they're 24 or 26, 28, that's not going to be relevant to you. It's just that you want to know if they meet that threshold. So by all means, if it's a situation where you want to canvas kind of a more nuanced way to approach that where it wouldn't come across as discriminatory, uh, you're welcome to give our firm a call and uh, we could get some more information from you and kind of brainstorm some solutions there. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, I think that's really helpful. And I think that'll be the best route because we need to hire multiple people and not everyone is going to be the best candidate who fits that criteria, but it'll be awesome to be able to at least know who does and who doesn't. Yeah, so there could be a way to approach that. It's just a matter of being careful uh, in how you do that. And uh, it's a bit more of a nuanced question than, than you'd think. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Samantha. Really appreciate your time and a uh, smart idea to call through and get the information before uh, moving forward with that for sure. Here is how you uh, get a hold of Andrew and the rest of his team, one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. Yeah, the aging workforce, that's, uh, that's what we're talking about here tonight. Lots to get through rights of older employees. Um, what does an older employee do if they find they're struggling at their job? I mean, they're trying. They don't want to. They don't want to slow down, but it's happening, right? Uh, what's uh, What's the course of action for them? Well, I think the first course of action is trying to be conscious and, you know, aware of what is the reason that they're struggling at their job, right? Again, age in and of itself is not going to slow someone down. There's obviously going to have to be something associated with that. So, if an older employee has a physical job, if there's physical labor associated with it, what's slowing them down is not because they're a certain age, but because, you know, part of their body that's necessary in doing the job isn't cooperating like it used to, right? Mm. Um, well, it could be a non-physical job. It could be a very uh, cognitive-based job with a lot of thinking and and whatever, and not nothing to do with labor work at all. But at the same way, maybe your memory is going a bit or something like that. So the first thing would be to identify kind of what the actual issue is and, um, you know, speak to a doctor about, hey, I'm finding that this is happening at work. What do you think? What's going on here? And at that point, the, empl the employee could speak to the employer and say, look, uh, I went to my doctor. I'm having knee issues. Uh, and because of my knee issues, I'm not able to do this task anymore or, you know, I require this many breaks. It would really be up to the doctor to kind of make that determination. An employee can't do that on their own. They're not a doctor and they can't diagnose themselves with A, what's wrong with them and B, what is the solution? So obviously speaking to, you know, a doctor or other healthcare practitioner is a great step. Taking that information to the doctor, uh, sorry, the employer saying, look, I have these restrictions now due to some medical issues here's the way I need accommodation, here's what's going to work for me, and the employer then has an obligation to, to work with the employee and make something happen. Phone calls in between. Now uh, you have a question about this topic or anything else, join the show, 416-870-6400. That is the number to, uh, to call through. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Can an employer kind of uh, not outright fire, but push an older worker to resign using, say, COVID-19 for a reason? Because I'm sure that's been tried in the last 45 weeks. Yeah, that's something, that's probably actually one of the more, the more common things that come across my desk 
uh, in a given week is a situation where an employer is attempting to use COVID-19 as an excuse to get rid of certain people in its workforce, whether those that be older workers or people who are yeah. injured or with disabilities. Um, so no, the answer simply is you can absolutely not uh, push older workers, uh, number one, to resign using using COVID-19 as a reason, or number two, what's what's kind of more often the case these days is the older workers tend to find themselves on temporary layoffs, right? Um, That's right. Yeah, so, you know, and it's funny because there's obviously a trend and obviously those employers don't want that information out there where there's 30 people in the workforce and the five oldest people are put on the layoff. <sighs> uh, you know, at first they, they tend to stick to their guns and say, oh, no, COVID, we have to, we have to. But when push comes to shove, when the employer knows that this information would go public, if a claim ever was brought forward, um, they tend to, to cave and, and pay the severance that's owed. How does it look uh, when an employer is trying to do that? I mean, would they go as far as saying, in your experience, they'd say, you know, it's COVID-19, it's, you know, you're right in the age group or it's becoming high risk, so I'm going to have to, you know, it might be better if we just, you know, take your health into consideration, have you sit at home and, and you know, as opposed to joining some of the younger folk that are here working for me, i.e. get out. <laughs> you know <what laughs> yeah. I mean? yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, that's, again, you know, if that's the case and someone – who is older is worried about that because they have some underlying medical issues or just they're because of their age and they're worried, let that individual bring it forward. Right. Um, right. There's nothing stopping that person from coming to the employer and saying, I, and I've seen this all the time. There's many people that call me with that same question. I mm -hmm. feel unsafe coming to work. I'm an older worker. I have a Y, you know, ABC uh, medical issues and I, I don't feel I should be at work. So let that person come to the employer and say, these are my concerns, right? If the if the employee wants to be there, then the employee can be there. If they're medically able to be there, they should be there. An employer, uh, you know, doesn't have that right to make that decision for its employee necessarily. The number 416-870-6400. That is uh, the number you use to call through anytime. By the way, the uh, email or at least the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is absolutely free and anonymous. There's a ton of information you can use there as well. Without delay, I want to get to uh, to Chris. Hi, Chris. Thanks for standing by. Good evening. Hi, how are you? Good. What's up? Uh, well, I've, I'm at a car dealership, and I run the service of parts department. And during the first wave of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, everyone in my department got laid off except for myself. Um, so now for the second one, we've done it again. And I'm working six days a week, and uh, I haven't seen an increase in pay, and, and the business is not down that much. Um, do I have something to go by or so the what i'm getting from you and correct me if i'm wrong but there's still business your employer is pretty much just saying well i could lay off a bunch of these guys i get chris to do the work of all of them for the same amount of money he was always making and i just save a bunch of money as the employer is that kind of the gist of it that's very the gist of it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so Okay, so here's the deal is that, and I, I take it previously you worked five days a week, 40 hours, or what was the situation before? Uh, well, five days a week, usually 60 to 80 hours, but the actual, the actual were by choice. 
you know, okay. I never complained about working overtime. I, I'm the type that it, it's it's got to get done, get it done. So, but now, okay. now it's six days a week, and you know. So you're working ten more hours a week, fifteen more hours a week. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm working minimum. Yeah, it's about ten hours more a week. And, okay. Well, no, more more than that because now I'm staying later to catch up on. Right. What I would normally do because I'm covering two other or three other yeah. positions. Yeah. So here's the deal. I mean, the overwhelming likelihood, unless you sign some kind of employment contract saying otherwise, which is pretty unlikely, is that, you know, by making you work a sixth day and adding those hours, you know, that would amount to what's called a fundamental change to your employment. So that's not a little baby change. They're not asking you to come in. 10 minutes later and stay 10 minutes later, they're asking you to work a substantial uh, greater number of hours per week and actually take one more full day out of your life to come into work. So an argument could be made that the employer has no right whatsoever to make that change. And if you desired, you could treat that as a constructive dismissal. In other words, you never accepted that change. So, and they impose that on you anyway, and that could amount to maybe a situation where you could pursue your severance and treat your employment as being terminated. Okay, um, so but that's a decision you'd have to make, obviously. And if it's something you wanted to speak to more detail, it's obviously a very important decision. You're welcome to give us a call at the firm, and we can go over and more, uh, you know, kind of more thoroughly what your options are and what you're looking at, and kind of what your severance entitlements are, and whether you know, what, what the case might be. But one of the first steps as well, one thing you need to know is the longer you let this go by and continue working those extra hours, the harder it will be for us to make that argument. So it's something you want to do sooner than later. If you are considering, you know, an option of leaving and pursuing a severance, uh, you very well uh, should give us a call and we can talk. Uh, one of our uh, legal representatives will happily speak to you. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. I wonder if uh, did he say they did that the first time in March? Same thing where he was, uh, you know, taking the taking the workload from other people. Because I mean, if he accepted it back in March, came back, and now he's back to the same deal again. Would that not kind of uh, put the kibosh in the fact that he could pull a constructive dismissal, or or is or is COVID nineteen Andrew a completely different animal in this in this uh, regard? I, I just like it could theoretically and kind of that's the point I was making at the end is the longer you let it go the harder it will be yeah. but at the beginning of the pandemic people's expectations were so different than they are now right I mean there was gotcha. so much unknown with respect to what would happen next so you know imagine people at the beginning like in March oh I need you to take a 10 15 percent pay cut 20 percent pay cut to help with this and you say sure um, and then things go back to normal and there's a cut yeah. again I mean, it, it's not necessarily the case that you can rely, although that is an argument that could be raised by the company, you know, that wasn't your understanding of the situation. Now it looks really like this is not going anywhere for the long haul. It's it's clearly more, you know, prevalent that that's the case. It's not this whole world of unknowns and uncertainties that I, I would say now, if you accept something, it's a little more... Uh, worrying than if you did back in March for a bit of time, right? And it's the same thing when people, you know, go on a layoff or something. They might think, oh, I thought it was a two-week, four-week, six-week layoff. But then, you know, the government orders are extended and every, blah, 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 blah. And it's not like I never agreed to be off for a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so it's, it's just a – yeah, it's a hard time pretty much.
Yeah. Look, if this has uh, raised some concerns for you as well, feel free to uh, to call Andrew when the show's not out. Call now, of course, with the remaining time of the show. But outside there, one eight five five eight two one. Uh, 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. But here and now, you still got some time. 416-870-6400 to call into the show right now. I'm going to continue our, our chat about rights of older employees during COVID-19. Now, again, from the employer side of things, are they allowed to recall a younger employee first uh, from a COVID-19 layoff before the older employee? And if they can't, how do you prove it? Well, uh, yeah, two very good points. And such as the answer with most of these questions is it's going to be an it depends scenario, um, (laughs) which is not, you know, not, you know, these things aren't black and white all the time. And that's why kind of we exist in the first place. If it was so easy, uh, you know, we probably (laughs) wouldn't be here. No, exactly. Um, But, you know, it really depends. I mean, if someone's called because they're younger or sorry, if someone's called and they're younger back to work before an older person, perhaps there was a totally legitimate reason for that younger person to come back, right? Maybe they were doing a job that uh, the older employee wasn't doing. Maybe they had a slightly similar job, but the younger person took on a bit more responsibility in the workplace. Maybe the younger person simply earned a lot less money, right? So the employer is saying, no, 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 it has nothing to do with age, but you know, this person's worked here for two years and I pay them 16 bucks an hour and you've been here, unfortunately, 30 years and I pay you $32 an hour and I just can't afford to bring you back right now, right? Um, not that these are all reasons that older employees are necessarily going to digest very well, right? But the it would have to be a concern if you could establish that no, they brought that younger person back because they were younger and they want the, they want to, you know, phase out all the older workers in the workplace. That's why they're doing it. So for example, I had someone contact me the other day and he was, he like anticipated all of this. He was very good. And he's saying, you know, we all make the exact same amount of money. We get paid for, you know, completion of a certain task in the workplace. I'm one of the most efficient people in the workplace. I make them tons of money. And clearly, and it's the same thing with my, some of my older coworkers. And he was prepared and armed with all this ammunition as to why there would be no difference between a younger employee and an older employee. And in fact, it probably would have made more sense in a lot of ways to bring him back. So that really strengthened his argument. And then there was something wow. to go off there from a discrimination perspective get to one more of these we're talking about the rights of older employees during uh, the pandemic and COVID-19 how much severance pay are older uh, workers entitled to so older workers again what, how much severance pay they're entitled to is going to be based on a variety of factors so you're going to look at you know the length of service the position uh, the, the availability of other jobs and then age is a huge factor right so Age alone is not going to dictate how much severance someone's entitled to, but two people that have worked somewhere for the same time doing the same job, if one's 60 and one's 30, the 60-year-old will get a better severance package than the 30-year-old simply by virtue of their age, right? But one misconception and something I actually hear very often is I'll have someone come call me and they're, say, 62 years old and they're let go. And I say, you know, you're entitled to 18 months severance in your situation. But they tell me, well, I wasn't going to retire for three years, so I should get three years severance, right? Um, That's not the case. So it's not... 
because you're a certain age and you wanted to retire by a certain point, they have to pay you out to that point. That's not how it's going to work. It's based on all those factors. And together, again, they can visit, you know, separate pocket employment lawyer and, and look at those calculations to kind of figure out what roughly they should be entitled to. And I mean, in the vast majority of, of cases, regardless, it'll, it'll, you'll top out around 24 months, I would imagine. And there's, you know, a few isolated cases, I guess, where you might go beyond that. I mean, we had a, we had a guy calling the show with Lior on Saturday and uh, he'd been let go, no severance. And he was there for 48 years at the same workplace. Wow. Yeah. I, Man. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's loyalty, first of all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little, right? Just a little. Want to get to uh, Spencer. Get to Spencer's email here. Uh, again, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Spencer says, guys, I was laid off in March 2020. In September, my manager asked if I wanted to come back. I immediately replied with my availability. But I haven't heard back since. I've been with a, I've been with the company rather for 10 years, and I'm 34. What is my best recourse? So, uh, so to Spencer out there, his best recourse is – if he, again, like as it stands today, he could either sit around, if he does nothing, then right now his layoff could last until July and then arguably 13 to 35 weeks thereafter. So if he doesn't want to do that and he's not interested in doing that, or if he's just simply can't afford to do that, uh, his best recourse is to pursue what's called a constructive dismissal claim, which pretty much means that Spencer would take the position that I never... Uh, agreed to be put on a layoff and um, you know I haven't been called back and I want to pursue a severance as a result and for the vast majority of people this uh, avenue is available to them and in some cases it's not but for the vast majority of people it is so that's something we speak to people about all the time it's probably the most common thing we hear right now. So, Spencer, uh, give uh, Andrew a call. Don't do this on your own. Don't even attempt it. Just make that phone call first, brother. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out. I think we got time to get uh, Andy on the line here quickly. Andy, what's up? Hi, how's it going? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, basically... There's a lot of talks on our site. We're not sure if we're 100% essential workers. And basically, if somebody comes around and hands out tickets, who's responsible? For for not being a non-essential worker? Yeah, like the social distancing tickets or whatever. So, uh, and what, what uh, job do you do? Uh, I'm an electrician. Okay, and uh, have you had a chance to speak to your boss about this? Or is anyone else in the workplace? No, basically, that's kind of why it's like all up in the air. Nobody's really sure what's going on. Well, uh, like, I think the first thing you should do for sure is, you know, if it's a concern of yours, articulate this concern, like maybe as a group even, to your boss in writing, just saying, hey, you know, not, not, not anything that's overly aggressive or anything like that, but just say, hey, we just have the, these concerns about... Uh, about uh, the current situation we just want to make sure that every you know what we're fine being here and that if there is any kind of ticket that that wouldn't fall on us so that way even if something happens where you would get a ticket which i don't think you would but if you did you'd have something in writing where the where your boss kind of agreed that no that wouldn't happen this wouldn't be an issue so then if 
for whatever reason it came up, then you have it papered like, look, this was something my boss asked of me. And then you would maybe have a recourse against the company to pay for the ticket or even, you know, to say like, look, this is a complete breach of trust. And how can we trust someone when, you know, you've outright, uh, you know, uh, manipulated the situation we're untrue about what's going on here. And maybe you can go so far as to treat your employment as being terminated um, for, you know, you, you're basically just a breach of trust at that point. Right. And it's something I would get in writing ideally. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Thanks. Appreciate it, pal. I'm going to give you some more. Just got to run. We're just about out of time, but I'm going to give you a little more information uh, how to reach out to Andrew and the team to uh, to carry on after this. So there you go. Another good night. And here's how you make that phone call. one 821 5900 The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, employmentlawyer.ca. You will catch links to our long-running TV show, televised version of this show. And as uh, we mentioned a few times, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the place to go for all your employment law information information it's free it's anonymous there is a contact button at the top right if you want to reach out at that point as well stick around on point continuing with alex right here as we're getting out of here till wednesday night employment law show global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto